For freshly brewed discussion on automotive sales and marketing, this is Coffee with Jason. The Coffee with Jason podcast is sponsored by Closer's Coffee. For that full-bodied, rich, sweet flavor with a bright acidity. Drink Closer's Coffee, stay caffeinated, and keep on closing. Find out more at closerscoffee.ca. All right, hey Craig, I really, really thank you so much for taking the time and jumping on, jumping on uh, your computer with me and, and talking. I've been really Ooh, looking forward you. to having this chat. You know, I, we've been following each other for a while on LinkedIn. It's so nice to, you know, finally connect with people and just really learn from each other and put together some content that you know others can also learn uh, yeah. as well. For for everybody that don't know who you are, Craig, maybe give us that two minute origin story that is Craig and kind of how you got started. I mean, you've been in this business, you've been a state for a really long time. So you got some serious experience here. The people out there that don't know who you are, can you fill that in the fill in the gaps there for us? I'd be happy to do so. It's uh, it's going to be 46 years this <laughs> June, so that that could be a couple shows. But yeah. uh, uh, let's see. Suffice to say that my father was got in the car business in 1950. Uh, had a used car lot. At, I was born in 51. I'll be uh, I'm 67. And uh, it was called Craig Auto Sales. And then he was in, he ran <laughs> dealerships. In the mid 60s, he bought a single point Plymouth dealership in Canton, Ohio. Now, the nice. last thing in the world I wanted to do was be in the car business. My parents got divorced. You know, he was, he literally was never home. They worked, I mean, for real 70 hours a week back yep. then, like yep. all the time. Yep. Uh, but I wasn't really good at anything. <laughs> so I ended up, uh, you know, kind of typical dealer's son, but it was a really small dealership. So let me, you know, I, you know, I did not, no silver spoon. I grew up on a, far, a working farm. So uh started out washing cars. He fired me from that job. Uh, yeah, wait, you, that, you, got, you got fired from washing cars? Yeah. <laughs> it, the first day, within the first hour and a half of starting. That's that's good old dad. There we go. That's awesome. Yeah. So after my mother called him and said, look, we know he's a knucklehead. Just give him another shot. You know, I mean, how hard could it be? So he put me in the parts department. Uh, three weeks later, he fired me again for uh, for all for good reason. I, okay, I, yes. I would have I I done the same thing. Uh, my mother talked to him, uh, having me back again. Uh then about, uh, I ended up being a service advisor at his store, which I liked, uh, nice. getting to talk to people and so forth. And, and I really did learn the quote unquote back end. Uh, I came into work one morning and, uh, they told me the service director said, you better go, you got to go up front to the showroom. I said, why? He said, just go up front. I go up front. There's, I don't know, five, six suited up guys in there, really <laughs> official looking, I said, what's up? Who are you guys? They said, who are you? I said, I'm the dealer's kid. They said, not anymore, you're not. I said, what do you mean? They said, well, we own the dealership. And there was a couple of factory guys there. So wow. my father, unbeknownst to me, had sold the store. <laughs> so I never got to really be the, you know, the PhD, Papa had dealership. Yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. So I ended up saying, they said, what do you want to do? And I said, I want, I've, been, I've been asking since the first day I started washing cars if I could sell them. You know, those guys had... <laughs> you know, suits on their wives and girlfriends were hot. And, you know, they, they all seem to have a lot of money. So, and they got a free car. So I said, you know, I want to be a salesman. So, uh, so they gave me, they said, do you have a suit? I said, yeah, big lie. Uh, so I, man, I, man, I look like a circus clown coming to work, my hair down on my shoulders. And it was crazy, but, uh, I, I was, uh, I took to it pretty well. 
uh, you know, the training consisted of there's the keys, cars, jumper cables, go get them slick. You're a car salesman, you know, for some places that it hasn't changed. It's yeah, much the same <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. It's yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's some, it's very similar. Uh, was uh, lucky enough to uh, apply for and get a job as a closer at a huge Chevrolet store. Uh, I'm originally from Ohio, so mm-hmm. in an urban area in uh, in uh, in Ohio, uh, I went from closer to uh, at 28. I was general manager of one of the largest single point Chevy stores in in the uh, in the state, actually in the zone at the, or region at the time. Uh, was hired away from there for a, a bigger opportunity closer to my home, which I took. Uh, was recruited away from there for a very large opportunity. And then in the late 80s, uh, I answered an ad in Automotive News. Uh, this is going longer than two minutes. but No, uh, that's okay. That's okay. I'm very interested. You got me hooked in. <laughs> uh, I, I answered auto, Automotive News, uh, travel the world, uh, automotive, professional automobiles, automotive sales trainer, 250000 a year or more, yada, yada, yada. I said, okay, I'm in. I was divorced. Uh, I went out to Springfield, Missouri, to a place called Youngblood Automotive. Who now? This is in 1989. They are they are a client of ours still today, which is a whole nother story. Wow. But uh, back then, something that was big was uh, we were turnaround specialists. I was uh, I became partners in this company where we would go into a dealership, mm-hmm. hire people. Uh, install and train and develop a process that uh, increased gross profit dramatically. Mm -hmm. And we got paid 50% of whatever we increased the gross profit at the dealership for a period of 105 days. Wow. And then the dealership could renew if they wanted to at, at, at higher numbers. Uh, Mm -hmm. In other words, we raised the bar. They were all based on previous averages. So we're kind of competing against ourselves. It was very profitable. Uh, we were able to hook up with the Ford Minority Dealer Program for a couple of years, uh, which extended out those contracts. I did that for that brought me out to New Jersey, where I met my future ex-wife. Is that did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, uh, so she she thought it probably was a pretty good idea for me to not travel nine or ten months out of the year. Probably be better for the marriage. Sure. Looking back on it, maybe it would have worked better the other way. <laughs> but uh <laughs> rim, rim shot no right. i know we'll throw, right. we'll throw this a little we'll throw the uh sound effects in when we do the ending. <laughs> there you go so uh so i took a job locally uh partnered up with a big group at a, a large ford store here outside of atlantic city uh basically it came down to i guess i don't play well with others so <laughs> Uh, one day I came aware. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Right. So one day I came in and the, uh, one of the partners called me into his office and he had an envelope there with a check in it. And so, uh, I wasn't real happy and I opened up the envelope (laughs) and the check looked like a lot of money to me. So I said, okay, well, we'll see ya. Along the way, uh, I had come across a, a gentleman from North Jersey that had developed I'll call it a system. It was basically carpet bagging, but had the beginning of a system of how to recruit inexperienced salespeople into the automobile industry. Nice. 
So I looked into it. It was pretty much a scam. However, the idea was good. The the basic idea was good. Uh, the potential salesperson would make some sort of financial commitment. And then uh, that that financial commitment, if hired at the end of 90 days of employment, was to be reimbursed. Well, there were no guarantees to the potential salesperson. Basically, there was no reimbursement. It was all a big lie. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, frankly, however, with the way the ads were written and the way the the physical process played out. I heard good stories from the dealership in terms of the the quantity of quality applicants, and then salespeople he or she did end up with at the dealership. So was that so was that, that, a, was that your aha moment? Yeah. That- so right. So I took my training materials, rewrote the process. We left the money thing in for a while. Okay. We got rid of it you know, as the world changes, you have to adapt or die. Sure. So, you know, we did get to do away with that. And so now the dealer pays, you know, for any recruiting that we do and or training that we do for a dealer, they fully pay the, the, the salesperson pays nothing. Um, so in that, uh, so 21 years ago, this past November, I went knocking on doors in New York city, uh, which was an interesting two days. And, uh, I basically begged one guy to let me try it and it was successful. Uh, he's, uh, he's 21 years later, he's a client. Nice. He, he referred me to another dealership, a huge store in Queens, New York. They are today still a client. They referred me to a dealer group up in Connecticut. They still are today a client. So this really became a snowball effect then. It like was, you, you were it, on to something and that just really, really kind of took off. Got to the point where I, about a year and a half into it, I said, okay, well, this is going really well. I don't like, I'm busy 47 weeks a year, Yeah. Uh, which 47 weeks a year on the road is uh, pretty brutal. Yep. Uh, but at that point, it was like, I was capped on income. It was like, I could only work, I could only get paid on the number of weeks I worked. Yeah. yeah. So, I, so I said, well, heck, I, I can duplicate, <laughs> duplicate this. And so I ended up, hiring a gentleman by the name of Ernie Kasperowitz, mm-hmm. bringing him on as a trainer. Uh, and I would take a piece of what he did every week. And I just taught him my process and he came in as an independent contractor. Today, Ernie wow. is my, today, Ernie is my general manager and he's a minority partner 21 years later. Nice. So that worked out pretty nice. And then, uh, you fast forward to today, uh, you know, we have 22 uh, full and or part time recruiter trainers, we call them mm-hmm. uh, an internal office staff of 13 people. So, uh, you know, we've we've been blessed to grow over the years. Seventy percent of our team of those 33 people, 34 people uh, have been with us 10 years or more, which wow. is, uh, yeah, I'm very proud of it. No, uh, no, no, you, you should be. I mean, that says, this says a lot about what you guys are doing as a company to recruit that, to, to, yeah. to hold on to yeah. you know, staff that long. So, yeah. you know, this is a great leadway into what, you know, into what, our, what the topic today was going to be really kind of recruiting practices. I mean, look, 
clearly you used a lot, you utilized, you know, your own knowledge and your own system to bring people on that stay that long. You know, it, it had to start from the very beginning. I mean, this is, you knew what you were looking for. You, you knew how you were going to develop out these individuals for them to stay that long. They had a, a lot of effort had to go into that. Right. Well, actually not. We just pay them more than the, we overpay them. No, okay, well, there you go. I'm only, I'm only yeah. That's a joke. So you heard it here, guys. If you That's really right. want your A team, then you just need to overpay for everyone. That's exactly right. <laughs> but there is a, there, there's, there's however, <laughs> of course there is. Yeah. It, it's like, um, I don't recall and Jason, it, it, it may have happened over 20 years. Sure. But I literally do not recall anyone in 20 years ever coming to me asking for a raise. We would be, we're preemptive in, in you rewarding a, you people. You got a process in place, right? Right, and, exactly. And, and I think that's that's a key, that's a very, and I find actually this consistently as I've spoken with a lot of entrepreneurs, is, is that that is a consistent trait I found in companies that have been around for a long time and successful for a long time and have held employees for a long time, that right. there is a very predefined process on how these people um, uh, financially move along through the business. And that's so much so that it's not necessarily, it's not asked, it's just predetermined. It's like, this is where we're going to be. We hit this. This is what happens. It's just no ifs, ands, buts about it. And I'm pretty sure you didn't pencil anybody along the way. Hence the reason why they also stayed with you. That's it. Yeah. I like the way you do that. You are a car guy. Yeah. Yeah. We did. Yeah. We don't pencil people. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, no, is it, no. Let's talk about it. Isn't that one of the most nastiest processes that we have in this industry? Oh man, it it is. It like, is brutal. Right. Yeah, right. It's uh yeah, it's interesting. I the good old days, man, where you know, I'd have I'd have four or five desk managers penciling deals and, and closers following, you know, going yeah. out and just yelling, screaming, you know, call the police. I mean, like, <laughs> oh man. We, I, I we, was, we, we could do a three-hour, you know, if you come down uh, and do our, our podcast. Which I'm uh, going to for sure. <laughs> uh, I, I, I mean, literally any time, because it's long form. We can go three hours. Uh, we could do nothing but tell war stories. And I think oh, that would be, be interesting that that, that that some people have never heard. They don't know about. Well, you know, well, actually, it's a good point. We should actually tell people that are listening to this right now that don't understand what penciling is. So right, yeah, no. Go ahead. Can you explain no, to what's no, okay. please. So, so penciling is it's it's a very nasty uh, habit that you know certain management had, and what happens is when you come to your commission at the end of the day that we'd have to fill out a little pink slip or or blue slips. I think for the most part, all I ever saw were pink slips, and yeah. they were done in pencil. They would hand them off, and that was what your commission was. Right. And, and depending on how your dealership was structured, you might receive that on a paycheck, or you'd actually take that slip to the admin office. They'd actually pay you out based on what that was, and well, the management they. Could could pencil you, meaning that if your you know commission on that was five or six hundred dollars, they could just write in four fifty or three hundred fifty bucks or you know whatever they felt necessary at that point. Right, right, three fifty eight sixty six. You know, it's yeah, like well, how really do you what? <laughs> right? Well, what's this one hundred and eighty dollar <laughs> charge against the car? Oh well, that's uh, transportation and uh, lot storage fees and. Uh, 
50 bucks for my wife's dinner tonight or whatever. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no, no, seriously, it could be, right? But right. Actually, that, that actually goes into a great topic that, uh, you know, has been hot for a lot of my dealerships is, you know, we keep consistently talking about pay structures. And what you guys do as far as the recruitment process, I'm sure this is a very intimate space where you guys are in. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are as far as pay structures. Here's, here's, here's my fundamental problem I find out there is that dealerships are utilizing pay structures to fix bad operations. Do you know what I mean? So they, yes. they will redo. They will redo their pay structure, like the pay structure is going to somehow force the salesperson or force management to start taking these other sets of activities, and it will clearly fix our operational problems. Have you seen some of this too? Yes, <laughs> um, and I think it. Uh, and I don't know the exact reason. Frankly, I'm guessing that we in the car business have pretty much done what someone else is doing, yeah. uh, which came from them doing something that someone else was doing and so on and so forth. Now, in saying that, however, our business, the automotive industry, mm -hmm. is changing at such a pace, it's hard to catch our breath. We are... Uh, you know, artificial intelligence, we now, you know, I've been talking about it, researching it for I don't know, eight, nine months. Uh, we hooked up with a company that has taken AI and recruiting to a whole nother level. Sure. It will consistently keep us in the forefront uh, for dealers uh, in our, with Automax recruiting uh, that no one else is using. Nobody's, as an example, uh, this might be getting, I don't know, this, this goes down a couple layers, but Google Jobs is where you want to be right now. Okay. So it, when people are, are looking for a job or career, mm -hmm. it used to be, and I'm talking 10 years ago, they'd, go, they'd log into Career Builder, mm -hmm. they'd log into Monster. Now they're, and indeed took that business kind of away from them and killed yep. those two companies almost. Yeah. Uh, or they'd log into Indeed. Now, Indeed, same situation. Now, we use them, but yep. they're, getting, they're getting pretty big for their britches, so they're making it harder. So 73%, supposedly, of people, when they're looking for a job or career, uh -huh. so supposedly 70% of the people will sit in front of their computer or their phone or their tablet or whatever, and they'll Google sales representative, okay? Sure. All right, and then now... The only way that if you're the dealer, Jason, mm -hmm. and you've posted a job, now Indeed does it automatically. ZipRecruiter does it automatically. But the rest of the job boards, most of the job boards do not. It takes very specific coding to make sure that your job's indexed from a job board to Google Jobs. So when someone does Google sales representative, your job even gets seen. Sure. You could pay three or four or five hundred dollars for a job slot somewhere. If you're not on Google Jobs based on coding, you, that's not going to show up unless they go specifically to the site. You, you follow me? Yeah. So it's uh, so in terms of fast pace and fast changing, I mean, that, that's what you got to do. And it's like, you know, dealers don't know. This stuff, and, 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 and that's they're a, not going to do it. That's just the initial part. I mean, that's literally just to get that's I mean, right. like that is like some of the very, very, very first steps of, of the application. Now let's talk a little bit about actually writing 
out the, um, sure. the the profile, the posting. Okay. Sure. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, I've read through so many, you know, Indeed, and uh, up here we have the TADA. So there's a lot of job postings on there. I've read through so many different job postings, and they're language-wise, they're almost identical to each other. Right. Like, you want to make a shitload of money. Right. You, you want it to be easy. Right. You know, you, you should come to work for us. Like, right. but, then, but then all I hear is these dealerships complain and bitch about how they got, you know, salespeople in here that don't actually want to work and they just want to collect paychecks. It's like, right. it's like the job postings aren't really in line at all with what we're actually trying to hire for. So, so, right. so what are some of the best practices, you know, for dealerships right. there for posting jobs, like language wise, what, what should they be using? Right. Uh, great question. And uh, let me go one step further with that. I like the ads that, uh, and they, I, these are real. This still happens. <laughs> uh, lots of traffic, top, top comp plan, tons of inventory. Now to someone that's never sold cars before is like tons of traffic. Oh man, I don't want to go there. It must be, it sounds like it'd be a hard drive to work and you can't get in the building. And what is a comp plan? I don't know what that means. Like uh, I'm going to get comp like at the casino comp or, yeah, exactly. and uh, tons of inventory. Oh boy. That sounds like that's a problem there. They have, they have, they have, they have merchandise they can't get rid of. So, but it's because it's been used for 30 years. No, it's true. The language really hasn't changed. I mean, from right. when I first, you know, responded to a job posting for a salesperson to today, it hasn't right. changed, hasn't changed right. much. So right. I agree with you. I think first things first, make sure that in the language itself that we're not using industry specific language, we're trying right. to attract absolutely from other industries. Let's make sure we're not using industry specific language. Absolutely. Let's again, we've got to thank Google. All right. Mm -hmm. We got to think search. This is very similar, if not identical to selling a car online. Mm -hmm. it, it's you've got to think how people are searching. Let me and it starts with the title. Let me give you an example. Uh, wh what are some of the things that uh, are names that uh, car dealers give their salespeople? Uh, as an example, product specialist. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, uh, there's got to be a dozen. Like, I mean, we change this so many times. It's like customer con uh, uh, concierge. Concierge. You know, I like that one. Right. Or, um, okay. Uh, now, vehicle specialist. Uh, right. Product specialist. It's here's how. Uh, here's, don't, don't don't get me started with with those with those titles because then right. then I think we really screwed up. We call them specialists, and then I walk in and I ask about three questions about the car, and they don't even know what the hell what the hell I right. asked. So, right. so let's not call them specialists if they're not really. But anyways, that's a whole nother topic. It, it is. <laughs> and you know what? Call them anything you want to after you hire them. That's fine. Exactly. But if you title your ad that way, ain't nobody ever going to see that ad. Because again, Good here's point. how it works. So let me give you an example. You want to hire a salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So you, you, you put in one of those fancy titles. You, no one's going to see it. No. Because no one's going to search that term. People tend to, the overwhelming majority of people tend to search, uh, uh, they use the term on how their resume is set up. Mm -hmm. And they will use sales representative. You know, I was a sales representative for, you know, Jason Harris's uh, pharmaceutical company, mm -hmm. right? So here's how specific and scientific this must be it can't be sales rep. It has to be the, the root word, sales representative, singular, not plural. So even though we're probably looking for more than one, 
And it would only be natural to think, put an S in there, no one's going to search sales representatives. Follow me? Sure, of course. So the root word, singular, dash, ABC Motors, then you could if you wanted to, dash, entry level, okay, as an example. Now, here's another one. Here's one that's really interesting, I think, in terms of title. Automotive technicians. Mm -hmm. There's a epidemic. There's such a shortage, it's unbelievable. So here's what a dealer will do. It would only make sense on a base level without looking at the science and doing the research that if you put automotive technician, ABC Motors, mm -hmm. A-level, whatever look you're looking for, or leave that blank, that you would get automotive technicians looking for the job, right? Well, here's what happens. What Google will do is they'll populate it, or Indeed, or ZipRecruiter, or any of these job boards, and what you'll get is they'll take both those words and they'll use them as two separate search terms. So with technician, you'll get HVAC technicians, you'll get uh, what, whatever, right? I mean, yeah, technicians yeah. from every field but automotive. Yep. And then the automotive part of it will pull salespeople, admin staff, or whatever. So this is called the bullion principle, where you have to tie these two together okay. to get really serious search so you can if you want to uh you know you can google the term bullion but basically what it means is this that you got to use a bridge so it would be automotive and technician together the and being the bridge that's what combines them together that makes sense correct and or believe it or not use parentheses and just put automotive technician inside parentheses Parentheses or parentheses, but whatever. <laughs> right, yeah. You don't need to know how to speak English to sell cars, just need to know math, no. is what I've always said. So at any rate, now that will pull the exact search that you want to do. So if you're, the only way to get technicians is not through job postings, it's through doing what's called reverse search, or like we would reverse data mine in a dealership out of our CRM for leases coming to renewal or people in an equity position. Same kind of basic theory. Sure. We gotta we gotta search those people in our CRM. We have to search these job boards for technicians. They're they're not going on and they're not looking for jobs. No. If if a tech's if he's if he or she is working you have to proactively pursue them. Of course. And the only way to do that is to search for them. And the only way to do that is using that bullion principle that I, that I just described. So, and, and so the title those, of the ad is, is, is that's where it starts. Um, I, think those, I think those are two great takeaways. I mean, look, it's the title of your ad. Really be keyword specific with it. You know, and then in the content of the description of your job posting, stay away from you know, um, automotive or industry specific language, you know, That's right. make it a way. So, so, okay. So I got my title, I got my, um, I got my non-automotive language, you know, so now I start getting some resumes to come. Now I start getting some resumes coming in, you know, how, I think what it is is we have to start changing the way that we're looking and way that we're hiring people. Right. I mean, every, every, every dealership out there, all they want to do is hire the number one salesperson. You know, right. it's, it's, what I think it is, is I, these I, glasses I, make me look smarter. Cool. I got a pair too. <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah, you, well, you're a smart guy. You look smart. So I just, I wanted to try to match up. No, so. it looks great. I love okay. it. Okay. All right. We'll go. <laughs> and is, is, is that we need to start, we need to start hiring for team 
first and training and coaching activities kind of later, you know, it's like, I, I, for some reason, I don't know why this happens, but I feel like at the dealership level that, you know, what will train them on how to sell will develop out their efforts so that they, that they can do those activities better. All right. Some dealerships will coach, not a lot, right? Coaching meaning you're getting face to face with individuals and, and working with them on a one-on-one -on -one basis and how they can perform better. But then there's a fourth element. And I see very little of it. And that's the team effort. Yeah. You know, it's like, I have one dealership I know of, and I was just at, where the entire sales team, and this took a long time for it, to, for it to happen, but the entire sales team is actually a team effort. So everything gets put into one pot. And it's one team that what one team that does this. So, and you can see it in the customers, the customers processes when the customer comes in, it's a, it's a beautiful setup because you know, that individual comes in and it's, it's not one person's responsibility. The entire dealership, the entire staff is, has the intent to serve every single person there. And if one person is grabbing a set of keys, the other person can talk and entertain them while they're doing that. And it's just, it just seems to be such a team effort. And I'm finding right now with the automotive sales, and look, we're hitting a plateau. We do this every three to four years, right? We've, for, yep. the last, for the last three to four years, maybe five, we've had some great growth and double-digit gains with a lot of manufacturers. Now we're at that plateau space. And I think over the next couple of years, you know, we're going to see some flatter numbers. So we're going to have to start looking at how we're developing our, our teams. Are you beginning to see the same thing? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree anymore with what you just said and let me give you an example you'll be able to relate to i'm sure steak and beans oh god i love steak and beans <laughs> all right that's still now, one of my favorite things to do <laughs> all right but but here however it totally collides with what you just said i know all right you put you so you got 20 salespeople. you divide them in half you got two teams whoever sells the most car, whatever it is whoever yep. sells the most let's just make it easy at the end of the month one, these 10 guys, we all go out to dinner, have a nice time. These 10 eat steak and these 10 eat, eat beans, right? So what does that create on the showroom floor for that 30-day period of time? Oh, it, it just creates competition. Animosity. Yeah, it creates competition. Right. And competition creates what? You just said it. Animosity. 100%. So if you're on team A and I'm on team B and you ask me, you know, I'm going real base level mm -hmm. here, human mm -hmm. psychology. If you ask me, hey, Craig, I look at I, my daughter's got a dance recital tomorrow. I just I can't be here. I got this customer come in. Uh, you know, would you take care of it? Sure. Uh, you get the commission. My team gets the point. Exactly. You know, and it's like, really, dude, you can't do me this solid. Just it's my daughter. It's her dance recital. Mm -hmm. uh, dude, I'm not eating beans. You know, ask somebody else, dude. Extreme example? I don't know, man. I'm not so sure. So I think we've made, we've created a, a situation. We. The industry has created a culture. We have. Yeah, it's, the industry has created a culture. Yeah. And it's not every store. There, there, no. I'm still, but there's enough. Yes. To where that competition internally becomes a problem. I've done it with my own company and saw, well, that's a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I saw it, I did it a couple of times and I, I thought, wow, this is great. These guys are going to love it. And it, <laughs> so I'm talking about some serious dough here. And, and it was like, Ugh. and I wasn't really listening to my team. Yeah. And then ultimately 
it, it was either my son, uh, Joe, who's a director of operations of the company and a minority partner or Ernie, my other minority partner. Somebody brought it up to me and said, look, at these guys don't like this. Like they're working against each other, man. I said, holy cow, that's you're right. And then so we started changing all our thinking internally sure. in terms of stuff like that. And, and now we have based on individual effort and result. And now it's a real team. Now it's a real team. So we have, we it's, have, it's amazing right, what the, people are as a team. That's right. It changes everything. Mm, Absolutely everything. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Just, 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 it's like, it can even change the thickness of the air. You know, I know that sounds a little crazy, but like yeah, I, can, I can walk into a place yep. and I, I can tell if there's a team culture or versus just literally it's like next guy up, like, you know, this one's mine, that one's yours, this one, you know, it's just, right. and, and, and now I think at one point in time it worked because at one point in time we had to do more selling and less facilitating. So the industry's changed, but we haven't changed a lot, or the clients changed, the customers changed. We haven't changed with it, right? You know, at right. one point, I, mean, I remember, you know, you know, when I first started selling cars, you know, a guy would come in and I'd have to spend, you know, three hours qualifying him to what type of truck actually worked for him. Right. That's you know, already been done now. That's right. Yeah. It's like customers don't come in. You know, I mean, I had to figure out what, what, you know, bed size, which cab size, which transmission, which three different rear axle ratios. And why the hell we had three different rear axle ratios? I have no freaking clue. But, you know, it's <laughs> like, but I had to go through this whole process to determine what product actually right, worked for them. Right, and then, I had to, right. then, I had to, then I had to sell them. I had to sell them on this product versus letting them leave. But back then people were visiting five, five, six, seven, eight, nine dealerships before they made a purchase. Now customers are coming in looking for stock number A7662. Where is that? You know, right. and they're visiting two dealerships before they make a purchase. That's right. Well, and this speaks to, I heard you on a podcast of uh, Michael Cirillo's with the dealer playbook. Uh, mm -hmm. what, it was it been a couple of weeks, maybe? Or, yeah, 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 yeah. Went on a couple of weeks right. ago. And you you were talking about I found very interesting uh, a personal hire hiring for the ability uh, these are my words not yours but uh, uh, what I got out of it uh, so a person that could personally have the intellect at least or the ability or has has in the past in a similar job or career shown the ability to brand. Mm -hmm. him or herself, which I found brilliant. I not really heard anyone put it exactly that way. So what the way I take it, uh, I, I think uh, it, it's in our opinion, and this is anecdotal in nature. Sure, of course. I don't have a data to back this up, but I can assure that every dealer listening to this, that because of a lot of factors, ghosting or the way people search for jobs, careers, our culture today, our environment, the way human psychology is, whatever the case might be, and there's a million different reasons that if 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 your if your standards of what you think based on the past is going to bring you a top performing sales person, if you bring that number down to where these are the four that I'm most, these are the four I want to hire. Yes. One might show up. Yeah. Oh no, no, it, it, it's totally true. I mean, it's just what I, what I think is we're not giving enough. I don't know. There's, I guess there's just not enough value out there for these. For, I think what people are looking for, they're looking for more than just a job. They're yeah. looking for a team. They're looking for culture. 
you know, I, I know it's a buzzword. I know it gets tossed around a lot, guys. But look, sure. I mean, we're, you know, I think as and we do the same thing as consumers. You know, we're, we're looking for more than just a car. Right. You know, we, we want an experience. We want right. a community that gets attached to it. It's yeah. like, you know, the fact that you just sold me a car. Well, that's just one little part of my expectation. I expect a lot more than just, you know, like you have to provide me more value than just the product or service. And right. I'm saying for the dealers, the exact same thing. When we're hiring people, you guys have to provide more value than just a job. Right. There's got to be more. That's right. Here, let me throw a no-brainer out at you. When you hear it out loud, it's like, duh. 51%, we are eliminating, now again, and, uh, and let me back up. Let me, let, me, let me make sure I say this properly. Some dealers, mm-hmm. not the majority, I don't think it's the majority, but enough dealers where I'm still very concerned about it, eliminate 51% of the possible talent pool available to him or her to hire from initially. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking about women. Oh, 50, yeah. 51% of the population <laughs> in the United States is female and some change. Only eight or 9%, let's say nine per latest NADA, nine and some change, percent of salespeople nationwide in the U.S. are female. Mm-hmm. Yet, they outsell their male counterparts by nearly 22 vehicles a year. Mm-hmm. Yet, only That's under crazy. 10% are female. Now, with Automax, we garner in its last year was a, a little bit over 200,000 resumes, uh, 57% of which were female. Wow. 50, 57%. Wow. Now, out of that 57%, we were able to get 19% of those people hired. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, well, that's double, let's say, national average. But it's still, dude, it's still way too only, <laughs> It's it, 80% male. 20% female. Now, the, the, the person that comes into the dealership or calls or does the research or buys the car, the majority of those people are what? They're female. female. Well, of course. I mean, it's, so, it's, it's a huge part of the family purchase. The whole family's so, involved in it. So it, it, it's like you're playing, um, I don't know, you're going to play uh, pickup, basketball, football, baseball, whatever you got. 20 people stand in a line there and indiscriminately, you don't know any of those 20 people. Mm-hmm. You just look, look at them, make a judgment just based on the way they look, which could relate to color, skin color, could relate to sex, uh, short, tall, fat, skinny, sure. whatever. And this is real world, right? Oh yeah, no, no. And you could say, time. you know what? You 10 are excused, you leave. I'll, I'll, I'll go with those 10, mm-hmm. right? You're going to make a mistake. I guarantee you every single time. Cause one of those 10 that you blew out is a superstar, maybe two, yep. right? And one or two of the remaining 10 based on your judgment call are absolute train wrecks. Well, that, I, I think, you, you, you know, so I think what it comes down to is it's what we're looking for. All right. Dealerships as, as an automotive industry, we need to be, we really need to redefine what we're looking to hire for. What are we actually right. hiring? Right. You know? and, and then you know, it doesn't matter. Like you said, if, if male or if it's female or different ethnic backgrounds, if they fall into these cores, right. And, and here's what I think 
I don't think a lot of times we have a necessarily a good goal and objective when it comes to hiring people. We I, don't, mean, I, right. I, I hear this stupid effing comment all the time about how I just need warm bodies. Like right. I just don't understand at what point in time in, in, in a dealership's existence that we got to the point that 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 is literally the the requirement, all right, for employment is if you actually have a pulse. You know, it's just like, no, it's like let's let's really define what those core things are. So what would you say, let's say the the four or five or core um I guess core behaviors or core traits or core talents that that we should be looking for, you know, in a, in a new sales team or technician, you know, today. Right. Uh, great question. Let, let me set up my answer by saying this sometimes. And again, I'm talking about, I, 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 I as vendors, which we are, yep. right. <laughs> sometimes we tend to beat up on management. Um, and which is unfortunate because being a manager at any level in an automobile dealership, especially today, uh, I'm not sure why I suppose you could find a number where you could pay me enough, but it would have to be an enormous amount of money. It wouldn't have, wouldn't make any logical sense. It is a hard job. It is a very, very tough job. Right. And now for the employee, they might think their manager is a, a pain in the ass and has all these shortcomings. And we as vendors, I think, too often get flippant in our discussion about managers. And because we kind of we forget pretty quick what it's like to be to run a store or own a store as you did. Yep. Uh, it, 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 and, 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 but, but to the manager, that if there's 20 salespeople, that one person is only one twentieth of his or her you know, life. For sure. For sure. And, and, and so, I mean, they're, they're, what they do is critical, but however, in saying that, so we'll get a call at the office. Hey guys, we need people. Mm -hmm. And so one of our questions that we'll ask, well, how many people do you realistically need? How many well-committed trained salespeople do you need on your show? Well, we need three. And our follow-up question is, well, how'd you arrive at that figure? And this is, I'm serious. <laughs> We have three open desks. <laughs> all right now, that. <laughs> all right now. But but if you're now just taking it from, but I don't blame management. I, 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 I actually right. I actually blame owners. I really do because because in in that particular case, be, like, where's the owner at? You know, right? It's like it's right. like why why are we? You know, it's like why are we just half ass guessing what we actually need? Why are we not actually deep diving into our analytics and right. seeing you know how much time it's taken for these transactions? You know, when are we busier during certain days versus nights? You know, right. like I, it's like, do you really need three or can you get away with two and a half? That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, thank God you don't have 20 extra deaths or, you know, you only have one, but it, it or, or the other one is, well, you know, three, because that would give us X amount. And that's what we typically run with. Sure. Right. Again. So, you know, I urge dealers, managers, who's ever HR people, whoever's making the decision on initially how many to hire, just Google the just Google law of diminishing return. Just do that. It's an economic law. It's not a theory of when to bring on somebody or add something to an equation. It's an economic law. Mm -hmm. Look it up. Learn it. it. It would take too long to explain it here. It gets a, a little deep, um, but it's 
in my opinion, it's the analytics that you spoke well, see, of. You have to take the time. It's, right. it's, it's no more than half ass in it. You know, right. like you really got to deep dive into it. And that's a great way to do it. And it's very right. structured, by the way, guys, if you right. get a chance, just go Google it. Right. I mean, there's some, in fact, there's actually some great programs out there that will actually let you input some of the information. It will actually exactly right. put it out. Right. But right. no, I mean, that's, that's the point. It's like, we have to have a real proper goal and objective in. And because at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is better serve our customers. Right. So, so it, that we do it for the customer. That's right. And, and then to 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 actually answer your question that you asked me. So things that are traits and so forth that I that I'd be looking for. So I'm gonna I'm gonna write a great ad. I'm gonna use. I'm gonna. It doesn't have to be a, a Pulitzer Prize winner job description, but it has to have keywords in it and speak yes. to the job seeker. And more importantly, frankly, is is it's got to be tagged right properly. Uh, just a real quick anecdotal story. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around here a little That's bit, right. but uh, uh, probably this is probably eight, nine, ten months ago. Uh, accidentally, we uh, 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 one the one person that does most of our job postings, uh, and we're talking about you know hundreds a month. Uh, she put in the job title, the job tags at the bottom, no mm -hmm. description whatsoever. <laughs> and it was like, we're going, oh my God, this is, this is horrible. And you know, you lose a day or two of your ad being online. It could be critical. But Tuesday is the biggest day of the week where people look for jobs and we happen to miss a Tuesday with it. So we got a, we got an ad that's wrong, full of errors, no job description at all. And we missed a Tuesday. So it's like, and I said, you know, just leave it alone for a minute. So we, it was a day and a half in before we noticed the problem. A day and a half in with no job description whatsoever, just a perfect title and perfect tag words at the bottom. We had 18 resumes. Um, that's what we needed. Isn't that weird? But no, so, no actually, that doesn't necessarily surprise me because I, right. I, I do a lot of these, see these job postings. And I feel like people feel like we have to write out an entire novel. Yeah, and, you don't. And, that's, and that's not how our brains work. It's like, Correct. you know, we right. want to see those keywords that resonate with us as an individual for us to take right. action. Right. So, okay. So now I'm going to answer your question. So, <laughs> and I don't know if this, this is, I, there's no order here, Jason, or at least yeah. not, in my, not in my brain, but it, it in, in t today, in, in 2019, I want to be able to hire, if I'm adding someone to my team, and we just did, like, uh, actually last week, I'm looking for intellect. Mm -hmm. no, I'm not looking for genius. I'm looking for, or that would be okay too, probably. I'm looking for someone that has the ability to in intellectually be able to grab concepts that are important today, speaking to what you talked about, branding. Yes. Not everyone has the, forget about the experience or the ability, you're going to have the initial intellect to be able to understand that concept of what branding to a specific uh, need, someone looking for an automobile or whatever the case might be, service work or whatever, uh, how he or she is, do they have the intellectual ability to be able to put their, get their head around that. And then can we, do they already have, you know, they might already have branding experience. It might be awesome, but it's still our job as management to develop that talent even further, whether yeah. they're starting at ground zero or they're, uh, they've already done it or you're Mike Davenport, the Chevy dude, and you got 
what 200,000 YouTube subscribers. I mean, you know, it's like, that's branding, man. It's like, there there are no sale car salesmen got that going on. I mean, it's like that 200,000 YouTube subscribers selling cars in Louisville, Kentucky. I mean, that's branding. It's it's amazing. It's literally amazing what they've done. And and right. It all starts with comprehension, right? Like, you know, first, I mean, First, as a dealership, we literally have to define what our goals are for that individual, right? That's right. You know, that's right. Like, is it is it a branding? Do we want the, do our expectations if they come in and assist us in the branding efforts? Well, there we go. There's goal objective. Do do is our expectation that they are actual team player that really support the rest of the team? You know, and if that's the case, then we need to make sure that the at least have a comprehension of what team means, a comprehension of what branding means. Um, what other uh, traits or characteristics that you're looking for? I, right. like, I, like, I like branding. I like the team. Right. And I was and, and team players, very, 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 very important, which we, mm-hmm. you just, you just said, mentioned, and we've kind of waltzed around a little bit as well. I want to hire nice people. <laughs> Decent right? human beings, <laughs> right? How long? How long are you going to be with those people during the course of a week? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, about, it's, right, it's, it's a very long time. <laughs> right, it, it's going to be a minimum of forty some hours. It's probably going to be fifty or mid fifties, right? I, I, can, I can possibly see them more than I can see my family in some cases. <laughs> exactly where I was going to go. That's exactly right. And you wouldn't be with your family if you didn't like them, right? So, yes. uh, I, I'm I, and. And they have to be likable, not only to me, because who you like, Jason, and who Craig Lockard likes could be, there could be some difference there, right? Sure. But if I'm making that call at the dealership, I have to think about, you know what? I like, I like her. I think she'd fit well within the team. She's bright. I can see where she's able to brand herself. I've checked her out on Facebook and LinkedIn and whatever. And she, she and she's presented herself in such a manner where we can use that towards branding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, and without question, she's going to play well with others. Um, so, and she's, she's nice. Now, she's I, nice. And, I, and I've made the mistake Numerous times inside stores when, when I was in retail of hiring someone based on an interview that and here here here's where people here's where we get screwed up that sold me during the oh, interview. Yeah. And, and when they showed up, it's like you must have sent your twin in here to interview, man, because you ain't the guy, right? So, but that's based on so so we don't want to do that. Because mm-hmm. we're we're gonna hire that strong King Kong, I can close anybody guy, but nobody can stand him. No, 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 right? And that's good. That's a recipe that's gonna flame out, and it's gonna be going as the uh, turnover uh, statistics. So, uh, um, where that comes from is a non-scripted shoot from the hip job interview. Yep. Typically, the way I was brought up in the car business, the way I did it for years uh, until two or three years before I got out near the end, it, 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 through various things, uh, a scripted word for word job interview. Because I would interview towards the person's age. I would, I would, I would interview a, a 50-year-old person differently from a 25-year-old race, sex, previous job, career, educational level. You talk just judging a book by its cover every single time and then make up some goofy job interview 
as I'm going along. Or I might have some basic notes that I would go by that I want to make sure I hit on these three. But then yeah. the rest of the interview was totally made up on the spot based on the person sitting in front of me. Well, that's a recipe for disaster. Well, yeah, because how can you actually measure the effectiveness of your hiring process if it's not actually a structured process and it's consistent every single time? You know, exactly. it's, it's like you question yourself, well, gosh, I had this guy and that worked out perfect. I hired this person and it didn't work out perfect. It's like be consistent. So I think that's a great, it's a great tip you know, tidbit for everybody out there that's hiring is that right. in your actual interview process, all right, define what that process is going to be and consistently yes. execute it every single time. That way you can actually measure the effectiveness of the process and adjust accordingly to, to what you're saying or what information you're asking. Cause at the end of the day, this is a, it, it's a work in progress. Like this is not, you know, it should be a science. We need to put time into it. As long as we get that process, then we'll consistently get better and better people as we work that process. That's right. And it, what, what it also does, it takes away that, you know, a, a lot of dealerships, they'll have, you know, one more than one person's making that decision. You know, the three-on-one job interview, mm -hmm. you know, three or four typically guys, Sitting in you know in a room and they're all firing all these weird questions at the 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 interviewee. Yeah. Well, if 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 every single time and that's fine if you want to do it that way, I think it's a little intimidating. I don't think it's necessary. But if you have a scripted interview, because yes. then the interview takes precedent, not the person's personality that's making the decision at the dealership. Because let's say you're the GM. I'm a sales manager. We've got the used car manager, a new car manager in there, right? Mm -hmm. So it, the end of the interview is done. And it's like, you started off, you're, you know, you're King Kong, you're Godzilla. It's like, so, well, I liked him. I, what do you guys think? Oh, yeah, boss. Yep, yep. I'm with you. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Jason, you're right. Yep. Liked him. Liked him a lot. Well, I'm not going to take you on. It's like, I got, I got, I'm not going to die on that hill. It's like, no, hey, Jason wants to hire my list. But now, exactly. if you have a scripted job interview, it don't matter. You could have you could have a detail kid interview him, write down the answer to his or her question to your questions, and let's make a decision based on what we asked because we're, now we know what we're looking for. Yeah, hundred percent. And we're going to ask everybody the exact same question, and then let's base our hiring somewhat. Not a hundred percent, but somewhat to weigh the answer to that specific question. Of course. And you know, if 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 three people answered them basically in a similar nature and fifteen didn't, then I gotta go with the three that answered closely to what we want. Now we now in saying that, we might have to take a shot at some people that we normally wouldn't and, and give them an opportunity because they might change after they're hired. Oh. To yeah, the positive you, and develop them. You, you have to open it up a little bit, right? It's, um, I think so. and actually, I think a really good practice. I actually was talking to a dealership the other day about this. They're like, yeah, but Jason, like, how do I know? You know, it's like, here are my goals. I got goal one, two, and three. Like, I want them to be a team player. I want them to, you know, to be able to understand what social branding is, you know, and I want them to, you know, um, re really, uh, 
follow up. Like that's my goal. Like I want them to under comprehend the actual follow up efforts. You know, a lot of people don't comprehend. Like, can you follow up? Yeah, sure, I can follow up. No, 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 no. Like, really comprehend what automotive follow up is. Right. Right. These are the three things that I want out of this person. Well, we to find out what those questions are going to be. You know, and I told him, I said, really good way to start doing this because you need a baseline right out of the gate. Is I want you to go through and re-interview your entire staff. Yeah, that's good. And see how they respond to those questions. Yeah. Right. And the people that you know that already fall into those three categories, those three goals that you're looking for, right? That's going to give you your baseline as far as who you're trying to hire next. So now when you go to hire someone new, you have a little bit of analytics, a little bit of data to work off of. But to your point, you are going to have to keep an open mind that, you know, that defined process may not be the exact series of questions you need. You're going to have to be open to modifying and adjusting those questions to fit those goals objectives as you move along. Uh, You're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, uh, I've said this a million times, uh, millions in exaggeration. No, that's a flat out (laughs) lie. But I've said it more than enough that we we live in a a swipe left, swipe right uh, Mm -hmm. society right now. And ghosting is a real thing when you're looking to hire employees. You know, uh, unemployment rate is what, I don't know, in and around 4%. um, You know, so out of, uh, you know, so, so we, we've used that term a couple of times. Yeah. Find real quick for everybody out there that may not know what you mean when you say ghosting. Okay. Oh, okay. Good. Uh, uh, so you meet some, let's, I'm single, so I can say this, but uh, <laughs> so it, it, online dating, uh, you know, you'll match up with somebody on, you know, match.com or whatever. And, you know, you have a conversation with a woman and uh, she writes you back and you don't write back. And it was a good initial conversation. Thought everything was cool. And, you know, we, we, let's talk again. Yada, yada, yada. And for whatever reason, you don't write her back. Yep. And then you get an email. Hey, how are you? Great. You know, enjoy talking to you. You know, I'd like to talk to you again. You don't respond. And she writes back, that, you know, was it something I said? And she writes back. You jerk off. You're just like all the other guys, you know. But no, that's so, a perfect a perfect analogy, though. It totally works in the way that we're hiring. It, there is a, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, when we're hiring, there's a lot of similarities to courting and dating that kind of go along with that, right? And, is. you know, there are responsibilities for us to communicate. I think a lot of dealers just just assume that, you know, once we have the interview, we don't need to do much more communication beyond that point. But no, we have right. responsibilities as, as, as a company to ensure that, you know, if someone didn't just make the grade, then we need to have a process. Again, it all comes down to process, yeah, right? There needs to be somebody there that will respond out saying, you know what, um, you know, at this point in time, it's just may not work out or maybe just was, wasn't the right quite fit. But right. I agree with you. I think ghosting is a, is a horrible, horrible practice. Yeah, you know? it's, it's, and then it discourages the entire you know, audience out there, the group of people that are looking you know, to, get, to get jobs, right? Well, that's a good point. Yeah, it sure does. Yeah, it jades them towards the whole process, regardless of industry. Because this, this is not automotive specific. This is mm. happening everywhere. But if you, know, if you use my figures of uh, you know, we'll, this year, we'll probably receive 250,000 resumes, but we'll, we'll, we'll only place 10,000 of those people in car dealerships. Yeah. Out of 250,000. Maybe nine, maybe 9,500 in that area out of 250,000 and 50% of those people or more never schedule an interview and another 50% that do schedule won't show. 
Now, that's, it's that's, just that's crazy. Another good, that's another good point. I was thinking, you know, I've always been under the impression that I, I'm, I'm always hiring. I'm never not hiring. You know, always I actually, be staffing. ABS, always yeah, be staffing. ABS, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but no, I mean, I usually will schedule at least once every two weeks. All right, a time frame where I will review possible new team members. It's just good for you. I, I kind of think of it like as a as a professional sports team. I'm just always like, you know, where can I trade up? You know, here's how many. I mean, look, I only have so many payroll dollars to go around. I'm trying to moneyball this thing and put together the best team humanly possible. If I'm not, you know, you know, constantly, and I'm not saying that I'm always letting go and bringing new people on, but I am asking that question. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, everybody goes, Jason, I just, I just need like the best team out there. Well, if you're not putting the time and effort in to developing out that team and consistently always hiring, like you said, the, it was the ABS, ABS always, always, always be staffing, always be staffing. Then you know what? Deal with your B team, deal with your C team and shut up. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Let me, uh, is it okay if I plug a, a, a affiliate partner of mine that has no, absolutely. Kind of speaks to this. Yeah. So there's a company out there called Auto Moto HR. It's okay. owned by a gentleman by the name of Stephen Warner. Um, let's see. Uh, I probably he has a partner uh, who's very well known. Uh, just uh, the only thing I'll tell you is he's a uh, now he's a partner with TrueCar. Uh, he's a uh, he's an amazing guy, uh, unbelievable. But they created technology. And they have a couple bigger competitors, mm -hmm. but they created an own technology. It's a recruiting HR onboarding platform that no one else in the, literally in the world has. Wow. Uh, where you, where, where for, depending on the size of the need of the dealership or the group, the most of the cost is about 500 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. You can literally do ABS. 24 7 365 job postings um organic and sponsored jobs which no one can do other than the automotive hr so for dealers regardless of size basically you should be consistently looking for that top talent that you just spoke to yeah 24 7 the problem is affordability having someone do it this is, I mean, you can run the whole thing by your phone. It is a zero brainer. Plus, you know, electronic onboarding. Onboarding is where most of the turnover in oh, our, our industry takes place. Huge. It, 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 it's like, uh, oh, you're starting a day. Okay, well, here, here's a stack of papers. Fill those out, <laughs> and then I'll get back to you, right? That person, it's in our opinion. Again, this is anecdotal, but we've been doing this long enough to know. I mean, we've placed 177,000 people in car dealerships in the U.S., Canada, and Puerto Rico over the last 20 years. So we, we have some things figured out. And yeah. I, can, I can say this to your audience with complete confidence, Jason, that 50% of our turnover in the automobile industry, in sales for sure, but most likely every other department, happens within the first few hours of them physically starting at the dealership because how badly they're onboarded or the lack of proper onboarding now well, they might like, hang like around and grab a couple paychecks for a while <laughs> but but then but they're when they get home that night what's the first thing someone's going to say to them about their first day on the job what, oh, what's how did it the, go, yeah. it, go? it sucked we better keep our my resume online yep because i i'm not I, i'm going to stay for a while grab some checks we need the money but 
th this place is messed up. No, no, no. And it goes back to, you know, if we don't have those processes in place, we don't have those training elements, those development elements, those coaching elements, those team building elements, then, you know, again, you got to see, understand that applicants out there are looking for more value than just the job. Yes. You know, they, they want to see that there is, you know, there, there's opportunity to grow, not just professionally, but personally as well. You know, it's like we, we need to be providing more value. The fact that people come on and it's like, here's the keys, there's the brochures, the cars are over there. Have a nice day. Here's your phone right. and computer. Right. You know, someone's going to come by in the next two weeks and, uh, and talk to you how to use your computer, <laughs> you know, and someone's going to come by, you know, and spend an hour with you, teach you how to answer the phone. Like, it's just, it, it's, no, I agree with you. 100%. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate but the, and and again, I we see these things changing. Our our recruiter trainers are out in the field uh, when we we have national conference calls on a weekly basis and it's you know we talk about trends and what's happening, what's changing and what what mm -hmm. needs to be fixed, what, what you know best practices, quote unquote. And and we do see change, positive change. Sure. that's happening, but we again, it's kind of our responsibility and other vendors, in my opinion, to, um, I have a quote and, and it's very important to me and I make it important to uh, all our team members. It, it goes like this. If we do what we do better than anyone else does it, someone will find a way to pay us to do it. So <laughs> it's very true. hundred percent. Right. So it, it allows us to not chase dollars, but to chase excellence. Yes. So if, if that we're is on it. top, I like that chase right. actions. So you bet. So if, if, if we're on top of our game and we're doing or attempting, we're far from perfect, but if we attempt to do everything right, we'll ultimately get paid. A lot of vendors just chase money and they put a bunch of garbage into the automobile industry, in my yes. opinion, in, in the terms of retail. So, so, so that's got to stop um, for sure. And we have to recognize it's our responsibility to recognize actual trends and partner with dealers to come up with solutions, processes, which, I mean, how many times have we used that word? 20? It seems to be the buzzword of, of today. In fact, actually, we went through, we actually count up how many times we actually use the word process. There's yes. a job for you, Nathan. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like, really? Awesome. Like, awesome. Um, but, but no, and in fact, actually, I think that's a wonderful for, uh, spot for us to kind of, kind of stop it here. I know that sure. we can jam for hours and I look forward to coming yeah. out and doing a podcast with you. And we probably yeah. will do a three and a half hour, four and a half hour long. I, I'm good, man. It's all right with me. Over long we do over some chicken wings and beer. I'm down to go. That's um, right. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, look, the takeaways here have been phenomenal right? For, for every out, everyone out there that's in charge of putting together, you know, those job postings. Uh, I think Craig had some amazing tips, you know, make sure your subject lines are um, very keyword specific. Don't use in your descriptions, automotive language, you know, really define out what your goals and objectives are in that individual. You know, do you want them to you know, be able to respond to internet leads? Is it a branding play? Is it a team effort play? Is it, you know, that comprehensive around follow-up? I mean, really comprehend follow-up. Define what those are out, you know, and then structure your interview process. Really structure your interview process so you stay consistent every single time so you can develop and continue to build off that process and hire better people. You know, um, man, I, we got so many golden nuggets in here. It's just like, like, this is, this is great stuff. This is great stuff. Good. 
Good. Yeah. But, but, you know, for, for people that would like to maybe extend this, extend, extend this conversation with you, what is, what's the best way for people to connect with you, Craig? Okay. Well, uh, it's not hard. Uh, we're pretty, uh, you can, you can Google Automax or, or better yet, uh, you, uh, you know, all over, I'm on Facebook all the time, Craig Lockard, uh, Automax recruiting, Automax recruiting and training.com Automax, A-U-T-O-M-A-X recruiting and training.com, uh, give you a lot of information. Uh, Tons of connections on LinkedIn, so you can look me up on LinkedIn or look up the company on LinkedIn, Twitter. Uh, our Facebook uh, fan page is Automax Recruiting, and we just uh, April 29th is going to be our first podcast, The Max Show. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome, right? Top top perform top automotive uh, automotive everything automotive and top performers and more. So, uh, uh, and I'm looking it, it, looking forward to being a part of that. I think it's going to be really awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll send you out a booking form at the end of the week, and you pick a date, man. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, but it's uh, it's it's easy to find me and uh, just reach out and uh, you know we you know look you got a question to call me you know no. 800-878-5090 and guys really, really take craig up on that you know it, craig is a very open easy to communicate guy i mean we we've dm'd each other so many times and our responses are just back and forth i mean you're you're a very very approachable person for as busy as you are and i really appreciate about that about you and then i i, I find i try to do the same thing myself yes you so. do yes you do yeah, so th yeah craig thank you so much for your time i really appreciate you coming on today this is just my wealth you. of information super excited to get this edited and out there great awesome thanks. dude all yeah, right you have a good one all right you too thanks a lot man thanks